Welcome to Coffee and Conversation, a podcast that's all in the name. Good coffee with great conversation. Here's your host, Larry Vincent. All right, welcome to the Cornerstone Christian Church Podcast. I am your host, Larry Vincent, and I am joined by two of my favorite people, Aaron and Chanel Rhodes. Welcome, guys. Welcome. Hey, so, okay, um, uh, a little of a of disclaimer, a couple things before we get into the actual coffee and conversation part. Number one, we usually do a first sip here on the podcast. Uh, however, Aaron, in his uh, desire to drink coffee, uh, took two, not just one, two. And not only that, Aaron, we told you not to take a second sip. <laughs> you know, you can't take me much, too many places, I'm... Not very well disciplined. So. so, so Chanel and I will take our our first sip. You will take your third. your third sip. Okay. Uh, now, uh, see, uh, you two have a caramel macchiato, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. I, I, I ordered it, so it should it should be right. Uh, I uh, I was inspired, ins- oh, really? inspired by you guys, um, and I got a regular macchiato because I think syrup is horrid. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's just coffee and milk, man. Just coffee and milk. All right, so let's uh, let's let's commune together and take our, our first or third, third sip. If we're gonna be honest, it's like my fourth sip, but <laughs> your fourth sip. Now, Aaron, I know you don't have a problem being loud, so let's talk up a, right. a little bit louder. Hopefully, the mic is picking you up. I'm okay. pretty sure it is, uh, but you know, hey. Speaking of mics, there's a funny story to this. I, I was I was going to tell. I was waiting to the podcast because I, I wanted to get an initial response. So I came in today, and I, I got to be honest, I forgot that we were meeting tonight until yesterday, right? It just wasn't on my calendar for whatever reason. And, and I was like, wait, don't I have a podcast tomorrow night? And I did, right? So uh, I came in here, and I was like, oh, no, I forgot to order the second Snowball, uh, the mic that we use to record this podcast. Right? I was like, oh, man, you got to be kidding me, right? So I get on prime now which is a life saver mind you and within an hour and a half they okay. just so happen to have the exact same microphone you know just a little newer model mm-hmm. um and got here within an hour and a half that's amazing we couldn't have like huddled up and just talked into one hey, colin um our worship minister for our audience is a sound uh, nerd <clears throat> and snob um, and there's just a lot of things I don't like about Colin Moneymaker. Um, <laughs> Putting that on a record, huh? Oh, completely. Uh, no, we, we, we love uh, Colin. Um, we, we have a love-hate relationship, if you know. Come to Cornerstone, you'll, you'll figure it out. Anyway, uh, he's, a, he's a sound snob. Uh, and and he, he, we have all this um, uh, foam around my, the office right now uh, because Colin made me do it. It's basically what this comes down to. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty sure he's gonna. He's still going to in the editing process. He's still gonna say, "Man, it's just not good enough." You know, I, he's not as anal as I'm making him sound to be. Um, okay. But yeah, he's he, he, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. I'll, I'll compliment him later for this <laughs> as it goes on the World Wide Web. All right, well, let's get into the actual podcast. How, how about how about we actually talk about right. Jesus? Sound good? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So you guys uh, ex- were explained how, how we work this, right? Uh, it, it is basically uh, what we're trying to do here is help people understand how to share their testimony, how easy really it is, is to get into a conversation about your faith in Christ. Uh, and we're trying to hit every generation in our church. Uh, we've had a teenager. We're doing a 20-something-year-old, 30-something-year-olds, uh, and a 40-something-year-olds, uh, 50-something-year-olds, and 60-something-year-olds. So... Uh, we're going to try to hit every generation that we can, um, you know, to, to make this, uh, you know, impactful for every generation. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you two have always been, for me, uh, just an awesome example of not just how to raise a family in Christ, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But you come from, uh, at least I don't know your family as, as well, but uh, Chanel, uh, but, you know, to, you were raised in a family of, of Christians. So uh, let's talk about who you were uh, early on in life, um, you know, whether that was, you know, before you came to Christ or, you know, if you grew up in the church, as Christ. So whoever wants to start, what was your view of God growing up and, and how were you raised in God? Ladies first. I already, Ladies messed, first. I already messed up the coffee situation. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, very chivalrous of you, Aaron. Chanel, heaven, please. Heaven forbid the interwebs finds out that I'm not chivalrous. <laughs> Um, well, um, I grew up in 
what you would call a Christian family. Um, we went to church every Sunday. Okay. Um, a lot of my extended family was really what brought me more closer to God because they I was a lot I was close to them. Um, they taught me. My grandpa was a great um, inspiration to him. He or to me. Yeah. Um, I read the Bible a lot. Um, but like you said, um, I knew about all the stuff. I knew the, all the stuff of the Bible and went to church, went to Sunday school, did, you know, um, youth group, but didn't have that personal relationship. It kind of was the routine. Yeah. Um, and that I found out later whenever I hit high school and college and really kind of fell into the temptations of the world. Um, and then it was actually October of 2004 that I truly gave my life over to God. What was that, what was that like for you? I mean, what, what, uh, what was that moment of conversion or giving your life to God truly? What was that like? Well, I actually have a verse, um, that I actually refer to. Um, this is why I love this family. Uh, so, um, and I remember this night very specifically, I had a lot of, um, a lot of pressures going on from my family, from just falling into all the pressures of the world. I had a lot going on um, at that point, and I had a lot of burdens on me. And so I just, uh, me and Aaron actually went, we both attended the Christian Student Fellowship House, and they had a prayer room. And so that night I remember going into the prayer room, and I was just crying. I was over it. I was just done with everything that was going on, and I fell upon uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Mm. And I literally felt all of those burdens taken off of me. Oh, that's so cool. And um, I just felt this weight lift up, and it was just my life changed after that point it, it reminds me of that that verse in philippians be anxious for nothing but through prayer and supplication let your requests be made known to god mm-hmm. and that peace yeah that surpasses all understanding the peace that makes no sense right mm-hmm. for us to have guard your hearts and minds in christ yeah. jesus well, I mean, what a great what what a what a great feeling that must have been yeah it was amazing so was it was it for you then an instantaneous change in demeanor and attitude after that in a way did I address things a little bit more differently um I didn't just jump into things I kind of studied things and realized okay maybe this is not the way that I should be doing things Mm. I shouldn't be you know I shouldn't go to these parties or I shouldn't be drinking alcohol Mm -hmm. you know underage or um all the you know other things drugs anything like that all the other stuff I was doing that was completely I knew that was a no-no but as for, like, just changing my lifestyle, it took, you know, months Yeah. Um, to kind of adjust and find new friends, realizing what friends I didn't need to be around, mm-hmm. um, and just changing my view on a lot of stuff. Okay, uh, so, Aaron, tell me about uh, your, um, your faith growing up. Mm, well, um, uh, you know my family. Uh, Youngest of four years. I don't know if you've met my oldest sister. The one in Australia? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. The first time I came here, I was invited over to the house of, uh, you know, because Heather and the kids hadn't been moved up here yet. That was four years ago, by the way. Uh, And uh, uh, I met your sister there, and she said she was either moving to Australia soon or at that point or Mm -hmm. something along like. Great family, regardless. Yes. yes. But the podcast family does not know your okay. family. Okay, so there's four of us. Um, I'm the youngest of four. Uh, the podcast family probably knows Jathan and Hannah. Um, so, and if you know my, you all probably also know my parents, Barry and Marsha. Um, and if you know them to any degree, I think that their life in whatever, in whatever amount of time you spent with them would sum up the amazing experience I gotta I gotta have I was blessed with as a child. I, I mean Yeah, I got I gotta tell you, man. Barry and Marsha are about my favorite people. And if I ever grow up to be half the Christians <laughs> those two are, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm half the father, husband that mm-hmm. your father is, I will be a very blessed man. You know, yeah. I mean, we're not talking about Barry and Marsha. Right. I'm getting that on the record. We, we are, but we aren't. I mean, th- but that. I think the essence of my childhood was 
so wrapped up in the authenticity and the agape love that my mom and dad um, mm. was able to share with us as kids. So yes, I grew up in uh, a Christian home. Uh, we attended church on Sundays. Um, it wasn't a, a hard and fast rule just because it was Sunday we went to church. Um, it was definitely more of a perception that church was an opportunity that we're, we, we were blessed to attend. Yeah. Um, and so I enjoyed going to church. I, I didn't really like going to youth group, <laughs> things like that, <laughs> later on in life. Um, maybe it was because I, I wanted something more as far as um, uh, relationship and study. And, uh, and I think, too, I was living vicariously through my older siblings and seeing their progression toward in their faith. And I was like, I, this is not, I don't know if this is what I want to be a part of. And not, not in the sense that it was bad. It was just I wanted something more. Um, but growing up, I had a fantastic, um, I mean, I couldn't, couldn't have asked for a better uh, mom and dad to exhibit the character of Jesus Christ. Um, not just in their child rearing, um, but in their relationships they have with their parents, the relationships they had with their siblings and our neighbors. Um, they just, everything about their, who they were was authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were, they were transparent about their failures as well. Um, yeah. And I think that was what was inspiring to me as a child. Now, uh, growing up, I still um, wasn't sure what my relationship with Jesus was was about. I, so did they never push that? I mean, not push, that's probably the no, wrong word. No, I think that's a good word. I think yeah. that's a good word mm-hmm. for what the, the culture we live in now. Yeah. I think they did not. Um, so all four of us children uh, did not publicly declare our allegiance to Christ and accept Him as Lord and Savior and be baptized until um, our late teen years, so like eight, 17, 18, 19. Okay. I, I can't remember the exact, I think my oldest sister Serena was still in high school. I can't. I don't remember. I think seventeen or eighteen, um, and it might have been a little older than that. But um, I know my brother and uh, my sister Hannah were both. Um, I think seventeen or eighteen years of age as well. Um, and I don't know if that had an influence or not. It very well could have. I mean, that seeing that and experiencing that was definitely um, watching them uh, discover that relationship with Jesus instead of. Um, letting it just be served to them by my parents, so to speak, if that makes sense. Um, it wasn't just dished out. Uh, it was something that they cultivated uh, through life experience. Okay. Um, and I I wanted that as well. Uh, yeah. And to kind of fast forward into um, the next question, which, which you talked with Chanel about as far as then when did I come to that realization, was um, it wasn't until I was in college... Um, and I, and this is going to sound bad. I'm going to sound like a horrible person, but then again, I I am just fortunately saved by the blood of Jesus. But um, I I always looked at individuals who gave their life to Christ at like a youth conference or a big event as maybe cheapened. And that sounds horrible. When I say that out loud. And I apologize to all who are listening. That sounds really bad when I when I've actually put it out. And my and wife Aaron Roach does not uh, share the expressed concerns of Cornerstone right, Christian. Right. Down. <laughs> no, and, but so no. let me let me expand on that. So I, I'm not taking anything away from that. And this is what this is. Remember, this is yeah. this is pre transformation of my heart, no, right? Yeah. And I looked at it as that they were riding kind of an emotional wave, and they got swept up into it. And I'm sure that does happen. Oh yeah, I'm and sure that, that does happen. That happens as adults too. So. Not to take away from that, but yeah. I think I saw the mass effect, right? When multitudes of people would come um, at a young age and be swept up into this excitement. Mm. Um, and I, again, the, not that there was anything wrong about that. And I, and absolutely, the, if, if it was a true relationship there with Jesus, then that's awesome. Praise God for that. But right. maybe I was just bitter because I saw uh, people my age and growing up with um, still kind of sharing lifestyles that I didn't think was maybe very becoming of someone who was supposed to be Christ-like. Mm-hmm. And I saw them also then go dedicate themselves to Christ um, and then just kind of portray this Sunday Christian lifestyle. And I, again, um, that was something that I had to th- own and, and understand and unpack. And so going, going forward into college, I knew I wanted to um, take 
make the decision to give everything I have to Jesus. And I think what was holding me back, and I've I've talked about this with other people before, and it's because um, they're like, you know, you had this amazing upbringing, your parents were fantastic, and, and everything about that is true. Um, but yet I still, and, and I think this goes to show how it is absolutely a, a decision that each of us have to make on a, on a, on a incredibly personal level with our Savior, mm-hmm. is that I still needed a relationship with Jesus that was outside of all that other influence. Mm-hmm. And um, so in college, I was actually at a, uh, on a mission trip in uh, San Luis Potosí, Mexico, uh, with a missionary named Dave and Sherry Bolt that um, started, they were part of a um, orphanage home there. So it was a group home of uh, kids of different um, gender and age, and they take them in, either they're parents had died or they okay. couldn't take care of them right so yeah. they're in this, this place and there was a group of us college kids there and what I realized at that moment seeing these kids share their faith and be so um, wrapped up in the love of Jesus through this relationship with this couple from mid- from Midwest Indiana who is now planted here by God in, mm-hmm. in you know this valley of Mexico is I saw that um, they just embraced and accepted Christ uh, and, and the love that he wanted to offer them um, without any strings attached. Yeah. And I looked at it as I have to prepare myself and attain a certain level of knowledge, a certain level of spirituality, before I felt like I was prepared to say, okay, Jesus, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm good enough. Yeah. And I saw these kids that were um, 12, 13, 14 years old, who have parents from drug addicts, um, parents who passed away because of uh, violent things or whatever it may have been and none of that burdened them mm-hmm. and because they were under they were under the authority of God yeah. and and that what Dave and Cherry did there was they shared that yeah. um, in, in such a, an amazing way and so when I witnessed that I, I thought to myself why do I feel like I have to attain a status to be ready to receive Jesus Jesus was has been waiting for me to share in his love from day one, yeah. and um, that was a big aha moment, and I gave my life to Christ and was baptized there in, in Mexico. I, 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 I'm hearing you talk, and I'm hearing your, your experiences, and, and, and it's interesting that you're bringing up the dichotomy of, of your experience, uh, you know, of your experience with Christ versus the kids of addicts yeah. and their experience with Christ, and, uh, you know, I very much grew up in the um, the opposite of you, you know, in the same type of uh, you know lifestyle of, uh, of that kids with you know addicts in, in, in the addictive household grew up in, uh, and you know, and I'm listening to you and I'm wondering and tell me what tell me what you think and Chanel, please you know you jump in as well because mm-hmm. I'd love to hear your opinion on this as well. But is it because you felt loved in that home and you weren't exactly that wasn't a craving of yours that you were looking then for the knowledge aspect of it. Because here you have kids, you know, and, and I'm, ass- I'm making assumptions, you know, based on what I know sure. uh, from, you know, uh, you know, dysfunctional homes, mm-hmm. uh, is that there's not a lot of love in the house, you know. And so these kids who crave love, <laughs> who are craving God's love, you know, or cra- mm-hmm. craving any love, human love, really, find it in Christ, cling on to that, and realize that it's, that that's enough, mm. You know, because I remember when, right when I was 18 and I became a dedicated Christian, love of God was all that I needed, you know, uh, and, and it wasn't until I was well into my 20s that I just, that I understood my need for knowledge in Christ, right? Mm-hmm. So what, what do you, how do you, is that accurate then for your, do you think like growing up in a, in a household of Christians and, and, and the loving parents and things like that, that that kind of led you to the knowledge thing a little bit more than the love thing? Well, mine was more, I think, actually, um, I grew up in a Christian family, um, but um, I think I was kind of the same way. Like, I was 18, I went to yeah. college, yeah, and all of that aspects, kind of, I found my personal relationship, because yeah. I was craving for something that I didn't have before. Right, exactly, because you look for it, mm-hmm. and, you know... Uh, and, and sometimes you look in the wrong places, and that's where I was. Yes. I was looking in the wrong places. Yeah, I mean, I had tons of girlfriends in mm-hmm. high school because I was I was looking, as the song goes, looking for love in all the wrong places, <laughs> yep. right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I, w- I did drugs because I wanted to, because uh, I was trying to fill the hole in the pain, 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, Sorry. definitely, yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Aaron? I don't. I don't want to say that I agree with the idea that because I was in a, a home where I was blessed with loving parents, that I was distracted from fi- receiving the love of Jesus and more more concerned with like seeking knowledge okay. and maybe understanding. I think there, there could be a component of that. I, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't disagree to, to some degree on, on that. But um, I think what. I think what that stirs up, I think what that really brings to light is that it has to begin with Jesus and it has to end with you. It has, yes. Everything has to be about sure. Jesus, right? Right. And regardless of what home you're in, regardless of uh, the environment that you were raised, mm-hmm. that when, it, when an individual comes to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that is nothing short of a miracle. Oh, yes. yes. Nothing yes. short of yeah. an absolute mm-hmm. miracle. And I think that... Um, now, on the flip side, I look at it and I think if I didn't have, knowing the certain desires of my flesh that I would struggle through in my mind and like try not to pursue, is I think that if I didn't have a the resource and the example of my parents and my and my brothers and sisters, my brother and sisters was I probably would have indulged in uh, the desires of my flesh, mm-hmm. which would have then probably led to difficult uh, consequences I would have had to deal with. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have that. Yeah. And I think that on the, on the contrary, I was really trying to seek, I was trying to attain a status, right? Mm-hmm. A, a level of, of almost uh, righteousness before being washed by the blood of Jesus. And okay. that sounds ironic. Yeah. But that's, I think, what I thought I could do. I thought I, I thought, I, this might be a better way, I thought I could do it the right way. Like, there's a right way to receive God. Okay, so this leads me to a second question, then, uh, specifically for you, because, you, you, I mean, you grew up in the church, too, right? I mean, basically, so maybe it's for both of you. Uh, but uh, based upon your experience, I think you probably have the the, uh, the, the experience here. Um, <clears throat> do you think people growing up in the church have um, this this goal of being the super-Christian, like you know, that it's more about... That they're they're more in danger of becoming you know, the Christian term is legalistic, mm. right? Uh, the the non the non Christian church would probably the non Christian term would probably be super Christian, you know, holy roller, uh, you know, sure, uh, you know. Do you think that that's that that's a danger there uh, for someone like for someone in that experience? I, I can answer with Sean. Do you want to mm-hmm. answer yeah. on first? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it absolutely is, but not because of the theory of someone growing up in the church. I think it's because of the church we've we've created in the culture we live in. And I should maybe rephrase that. I think it's because of the church we live in that the culture has created a church to be, right? Mm-hmm. Or we've allowed the culture to change the church to be. And I and I say that um, with the most admir- admiration for the church sure. globally, right? It's still it is is it is still the bride of Jesus. And I and I and I mean that this in a way of saying that I think especially here in in western Christianity, especially here right here in the United States that we have an epidemic of philosophy and doing church in a big business way that is taken away from the glory of Jesus. Yeah. Um and I and again there's a lot of things that we do in the church that are good, yeah. and, and 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 have are, are done with uh, the right mindset. Mm-hmm. And um, unfortunately, I think that we sometimes get so distracted with those things that we just neglect the basics of just coming before the throne of God, asking for repentance, mm-hmm. praying with those who need prayer, giving praise to God, yeah. and Spending time in His Word—it's the difference between Mary and Martha, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's either falling at the feet of Jesus or you know busying yourself amongst the work of Jesus. Yeah. Both are good, but both have their place, right? right? Now, what, what do you what do you think about uh, you know about uh, the question? I mean, about growing up in the church and whether that tends to lean you towards that that goal of wanting to be a super Christian or to perform well for God. Hmm. Um, I I think they do like. 
they try to prepare you for that mm-hmm. to be that super Christian. Um, I, I think that distracts you from realizing that we're all sinners. That yeah. we need a sinners are welcomed in the church. Like we mm-hmm. need to accept it all. We're all yes. accepted, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good point. Yeah, I I would add to that too. Just kind of what I was. Maybe I can uh, clarify more what I, what I was trying to get at is that. Um, so much of what we think of as the church yeah. is 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 tied to tradition. Mm-hmm. It's tied to mm-hmm. a denomination, right? Sure. Um, and which is tradition. So, um, and I and I, I want to say that I think as a child and growing up in the church, we we're kids are smart. Having mm-hmm. just a two and a five year old, they pick up on things yeah, really yes. well. And yeah, and they and, use it against you. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, yes. and I think because they're because they 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 have a childlike faith, right? Yeah. Literally, yes. that they can see through some of the um, some of the garbage that we drag into mm-hmm. the the beauty of, mm-hmm. of Christ's bride. And I, and, mm-hmm. I, and I, what I mean by that is that um, they see it how they yeah. I think I think if if we, granted, if we were creating disciples in our church, yeah, um, and that was something that was uh, done, not just, not, I'm not talking, when I say, I should declare, if I'm not saying church, not just here at Cornerstone, I mean, globally. The universal and, church. Yes, yeah. and the big C church, right? Is that, I think, the manifestation of a child's um, relationship with Jesus would be a lot different. Um because I think right now we're in a position where it's just becomes another thing we do. It does not yeah. it has nothing to do with um, like going to church on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Church is a thing we do, not not yeah. not not something we are. Yeah. Right? Like I said, right. we yeah. were a Christian it's, family that went to church on Sundays. But yeah. it's brick that. and mortar. It's not. Yeah. It's not this idea well, of a body of believers. We can, trust me. I would love to talk about this the entire Sorry. the entire evening. Uh, I, yeah, because I. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you know, for for those who don't know, Aaron, and you me, rolled the dice when yeah. you asked me to come here and talk, and I apologize. But. For those of you who don't know, Aaron and me, uh, this is what normally happens when we start talking church. Uh, we love the church. We do. We love the church, but we will we will talk about the church and debate uh, the church uh, for hours. You know, like. My my wife, uh, God bless her, she puts up with a lot of conversations after church. And, and if she sees uh, Aaron or, or or your brother Jathan and I or Barrett t- talking, so she might as well sit down for a bit. <laughs> it's gonna and be, I think it's, it's gonna be, be a because it comes out of a deep yeah. love for the the when I say the church, the people of the God's yeah. people that want to serve Him. Yeah. in every capacity. Now you bring up you bring up the childlike faith, and and, and this always reminds me of a story uh, uh, when my oldest son Noah uh, came to Christ. He was six years old when he came to Christ, and uh, and, and the, I remember sitting down with him because he said, "Dad, I want to get baptized." And my first initial re- response was, "Dude, you're six years old." <laughs> like you know, no, <laughs> you know. I said, but. I, I had a biased opinion because he was my son, and, and so I had him sit down with an elder uh, of my church. Uh, this was in, at Cornerstone two churches ago, uh, and he sat down with an elder, and the elder agreed with me. He's like, yeah, he's not ready, you know, um, so let's just wait. And six months later, six months later, my son comes back up to me, and he says, Dad, all you tell me that, is, all you tell me that I need to do to be saved is to believe in Christ and understand that I'm a sinner, Right? He goes. He the very first thing he says. I know I've done wrong. And I'm thinking, dude, you're six. What wrong have you done, right? But he, he goes. I know I've done wrong, and I love Jesus. Why can't I be baptized? And he, I was like, you're right. You're right. That's really all that is required of us. It's not. It, it's not making sure that we know enough. It's not making sure that we are enough. It, it's not making sure that we, you know, that we have our life together. Because the whole reason we come to Christ mm-hmm. is to get our life together, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, you don't expect a guy with a broken leg to get around. He needs a crutch. He needs a wheelchair. And, you know, I, I, I hope we have, uh, you know, atheists and agnostics listening to this podcast. I know I have a couple friends who are. Um, and, and and I hope, because I know they've, they've, they've told me before, God is a crutch. God is a crutch. Well, yeah, you're right. He's also my wheelchair, right? Mm-hmm. Because I refuse to walk with this guy. And, and you know, and, in order for me to be who I am today, I have to have Christ. Mm-hmm. It comes down to that simple, that simple act of, I love Jesus. I know I've done wrong. I want to be with Jesus, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's it. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so two very different stories, and this is what I find most in, in married couples. <laughs> yeah, there's always the one who grew up in the church and the one who didn't grow up in the church. You know, maybe that's just the ones I find friends with. You know, <laughs> and before, and, and if I may, I just, I just have this impression that we need to do this. If before we go forward, and you brought up the point that there may be agnostics and atheists listening, and I just. I just realized I'm talking to this white ball that's going to go out to the interwebs, and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. First of all, I love the fact you say interwebs. <laughs> <laughs> like, what I'm, is this, 1992? I'm not very tech savvy, okay? But <laughs> We're going to put it on the YouTube. Yeah, yeah right, right. That's right. The kids are calling now. The Twitters, the Twitters and stuff. But, uh, I'm sorry. No, I ruined the no, 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 no. You haven't ruined anything because it's a realization that um, it's an opportunity to really... <clears throat> spend time with people that I probably would never been able to spend time with yeah. via this this thing you call technology. So, um, <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an 80-year-old and a 33-year-old body. Are you 50? Right. <laughs> I feel like it sometimes. But, you know, can we can we just take a few minutes to just pray for those people listening? Yeah, definitely. Okay? Definitely. Why don't you lead us oh, in prayer? I would love to. Yeah. Heavenly Father, God, I am just so astonished every day at your glory, God. Help me each day to just be reminded, God, that when I have the ability and the blessing to open my eyes and put my feet on the ground, that it is nothing short of your doing and your miracle. God, I just um, am so blessed to have an amazing wife. Uh, this this radio doesn't do the justice of how beautiful she is, both, um, God, uh, from an outward, but Lord, more so from the inward perspective. She is a wonderful woman and has been such an amazing blessing in my life. And, and God, also for Larry, what an amazing man of God he is. And I'm so thankful that I have an opportunity to um, be a part of his life and for him to, to shepherd this church in the way he does, God. And uh, we're here at Cornerstone, we're blessed to have him. And God, I just want to ask that you would remind us of your sovereignty and of your goodness and of your grace, God, uh, each day. And especially now as we're sitting here talking um, and sharing some of some stories of our lives of the testimonies, God, um, that we have, that it would all go back to your glory, God, that the glorification would be given to you and the praise and honor would be just mounted up for you, God, because that is what it's all about. You told us from the very beginning to the very end, it's about Jesus. It's, it was about Jesus from the beginning. It was just about Jesus at the end. And God, I ask, Lord, that you would allow the listeners who are hearing this message to have a softened heart, God, put a hedge of protection around them, uh, bind up the evil one and, and, and not allow uh, Satan to pursue them with those desires of the flesh, God, that so easily succumb um, our souls to the pits of God. And I just ask, Lord, that you would um, help us to not be such consumers, God, of, of, of everything, of relationships, God, but help us just to be ones that um, want to share life with people. Um, and God, not not a, not our lives, but God, the life of Jesus Christ, and let that be our purpose in everything we do. And God, I pray that this um, this time here with Larry and my wife Chanel that would be a blessing for everyone who listens. So I just pray for those dear souls, God, that you would soften their hearts and help them to receive uh, your message, um, God, with a childlike faith. It is always about your Son Jesus, and God, we give you praise and honor. Amen. Amen. I hope if you were listening to this while you're driving your car, you did not close your eyes. Uh, oh, my. That's true. That's what I didn't think about that one. Uh, no, uh, this, is, this is why we do this podcast. I mean, because it shows the heart of, of Christians, and it shows the heart of our people. And I, I, I love that. I mean, this is, the, yeah, this is our, I, I think this will be our fifth or sixth <clears throat> podcast by the time it airs. Um, and, and, uh. This is the first prayer we've done in the middle of the prayer, in the middle of the podcast, and and which I think is great, you know, as the spirit leads, man. That, yeah. I mean, you know, what I hope people see here because it is a podcast, <laughs> not a radio, by the way. Uh, it is a podcast, uh, and what, what what I hope people hear is the authenticity of God's love mm. for for us that we feel and for them. Because what I've always wanted, and I think what you two want, and what I hope every Christian wants. It is for all people to know the love of God in the way that we know the love of God, yeah, right? Absolutely. If not even more, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so, anyway, let's 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 talk about uh, who you are now because of Christ. Mm -hmm. I think you guys, I mean, two great stories. Whether you grew up in the church as, as as Aaron did, or or you grew up in the quote unquote church, 
uh, as, as Chanel did, but no authentic, no authentic relationship mm-hmm. until later mm-hmm. on. And, and I, I hope I said that right. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you guys have come together. You know, mm-hmm. and, and really, this is the cool thing: two people from different spectrums, from different perspectives, are, are now one flesh. <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, and you two are now walking in the Lord together. So, as, as a married couple, as individuals. Who are you now because of Christ? What differences do you see in your, in your life that you credit to your faith? Well, I mean, just waking up, up every day and just focusing on what, how I am going to teach my children, well, being at home most of the time, teaching my children about Christ and yeah. how I can show them the love of Christ every day mm-hmm. um, from just making them breakfast to... Yeah. You know, putting them to bed at night, making sure that um, I show them the love of Christ in the way that they can make, like we've been talking, that they can make their own relationship mm-hmm. with Christ. Um, that leads me to a question, though, for you. Yes. There are plenty of non-Christian moms out there who love their children, who teach their children morals. Yeah. What makes your faith as a mother stand out or separate from that of a non-Christian or, you know, a, a good mo- another good mom who doesn't know Christ? Um, well, I do have a lot of friends and co-workers that um, are non-Christians, mm-hmm. and they are wonderful people. Yeah. They teach their children. I mean, we, we talk about how we raise our children, and we do it in similar ways, morally, yeah. you know, yes. the right way. Um, what makes... The biggest difference is I wake up every morning and I tell my children I pray for them. Mm-hmm. And I pray for them each day. Um, we end the night with prayer. Um, and I tell my children the reason why I do the things I do is because of Christ. Yeah. And it's not because it, I'm a good person and we should right. do this. It's because Christ would want us to do this. So let's say you're sitting across the table <laughs> and instead of looking at my mug... You're looking at uh, uh, um, a, fr- a mom friend. What's that? What, what's... I've got a bad mug, too, so <laughs> I, I get you. Thank you for uh, equating my, uh, our mugs as ugly. Uh, I, I, always, I always look my best via the interwebs when no one can see my face. <laughs> Actually, I'm quite handsome. I've been told quite a few times I have a uh, face for radio. But <laughs> that's besides the point. Let's say you're, you're... Old dad jokes, Chanel. Get used to it. Oh, oh man. My the kids hate my dad jokes. Uh, let's assume that you're, you're sitting across the table from another mom, and you're sharing the gospel with this mom. Yeah. And she's looking at you, and she's a good mom. You know, she's doing the same things you're doing. She, her kids, you know, her kids are, you know, are, are well-behaved. You know, thing, you know, whatever we see as, the, as good moms out there. Um, and she's asking you, why, why, should I, why should I come to Christ? What's the difference in your life as a mother that I don't have? What do you tell her? Well, I'll, I would tell her that I just can't. Huh? tough one. You got a tough one. I, I didn't. That walk. is a tough one. I like But you know what? I've thought about that. What makes me different from them and... I just and I kind of try to put myself in their place. Mm-hmm. How could I live without having the thought that God is with me every day? Yeah. The thought that in the end I wouldn't be with Him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess that's the biggest difference is that I would tell them that, especially a lot of those moms have a lot of things going on. And I said, you know, I've asked a few of them, you know, what, how do you get through it? And mm-hmm. some of them go to other friends, go to, um, you know, go to alcohol mm-hmm. um, to, like, try to, like, you know, kind of address that stress. And have I would tell them, have you thought about just praying? Yeah. Because they always say, like, um, they always say, you know, I'll pray for you. And I'm like... I will pray for you, but you try to pray for your, you know, try to yeah. pray too. It's, it's, I guess, what am I trying to say? No, I think, no. I think what, what, I, what I'm, what I'm mentioning at is that, and I think I know what you're trying to say. What am I trying to say? Uh, <laughs> you're my husband. Uh, yeah, that is, that's, I'm just going to be basically putting ammunition. Yeah, you're going to get a, we're going to get a lot of emails. Well, um, it's bad. This is bad. What did I sign up for? I didn't sign up for this. I was told to do this <laughs> by my, were. by the by boss me. at home. Yeah. Um, so, I, I think it goes back, going back to your question, though, yeah. right, is, is it, makes, it, it makes me think of when the apostles came up to Jesus after his, his mm-hmm. discussion with the rich young ruler, right? Yeah, all right. Well, why do you call me good, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, and, and he goes down this line of understanding of like, 
who defines good? Well, the only one who's good is God. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, then how are we going to get to heaven? Well, only with God. And, yeah. you know, and it, it makes, again, and it's the, they have an aha moment there for sure. Um, they still weren't quite there yet. But, it, again, it, and I think that goes back to even what we were talking about from the very beginning, is that uh, n- not any one of us, regardless of whose child we are, yeah. um, or who's, what household we grew up in, yeah. mm-hmm. has a position to stand before God without the blood of Jesus, right? Right. Yeah. And I think that's what is the <coughs> game what changer, is yeah. that you can have, you can be in a, I've met many people mm-hmm. who I believe conduct themselves sometimes in a moral Standpoint mm-hmm. far greater than some some Christians that I professed Christians that I no I'm right there with, no, I agree I, I know plenty yes yeah, yeah and and I um and I I think it's again it's not we're, we look at it as behavior modification we're yeah. looking at someone's behavior and well that's that person's good but again who's who are we, who's making the judgment that's right. good yeah. you know I, who it, defines it, good who gives that and your actions should just flow from. Once you accept Jesus, that should just be something that you do. Right. And that's that, something that just is in you to do. Not just because it's moral and it's something good to do. Right. And that we should do it. It just be something that you want to do. You, and you desire you, to do it yeah. because you love Jesus. Because you can't not And you do want it, to right? share it's that. Like and this is what, I think this is what the difference is. Uh, you know, uh, it is, you know, we have the fruit of the Spirit. It, mm. it naturally flows out. And, and you know, Chanel, as I hear your story, I've heard, as I heard your testimony coming to Christ... You, you know that one thing that you have that no that none of your Christian non Christian friends have is the peace of God that mm-hmm. comes from loving Him. Mm-hmm. You know that that is the that that's the one thing. Imagine a life where you had peace. Imagine a mm-hmm. life where where you, you didn't have to turn to uh, you know creature comforts or friends, friends or, or imperfect or imperfect yeah. things. Yeah. Instead, you could turn to a perfect person yeah. and say, "I need you to help me." Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, and 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 he turned around and, and gave you the help because God is always faithful. He cannot deny Himself. Mm-hmm. Right? You, you think of all the other major religious entities mm-hmm. out there, right? Mm-hmm. And then you look at Christianity, and a starking contrast is that in those in those other religions and those other worldviews, I should probably use more more apt. I think is using that term is that. You're trying to attain your value mm-hmm. through a process, mm-hmm. right? Whereas in Christianity, God gave us our value yeah. mm-hmm. when he created us in the womb of, of, yeah. of our mom. Yeah. And that goes all the way back to God creating us, mm-hmm. right? God gave us the greatest gift we can ever receive. That's a gift of dignity. Mm-hmm. He is the author and perfecter of dignity. Yeah. And when he gave us that freedom to choose, mm-hmm. um, granted, those sometimes those choices we make have very difficult circumstances most to times live most times with. yeah <laughs> but that is the greatest gift we can ever receive yeah. mm-hmm. outside of Christ on the cross and sp- spilling his blood for us yeah. right mm-hmm. and i and i think and that that question you ask is so tough because again you're you're trying to you're trying to define what's better than good or what's mm-hmm. yeah. what what level or hierarchy of good there is and why would someone serve a God even if they are being good and well, it the, the, goes this, outside of that this goes back to the question I want you to answer this Aaron uh, is what's, how do you know that where you're at now in life is not just because you've matured hmm. you know just because you're older than you were when you started <laughs> you know how do, how do you know this is because of Christ and not because of just simple human maturity sure mm-hmm. uh, it's because I'm still the same mess that I was on the day one that I, I received Jesus I'm still you don't struggle the same way you, you, you struggled uh, back then. Do sure, you? I do. I yeah. mean, in 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 a sense, maybe not in um, the direct uh, choices that I make. I was making then, but you still struggle. I think with this i i, I this identity crisis, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the world is telling me still today, as I was when I was eighteen, that it's all about you, mm-hmm. and Christ is reminding me that deny yourself yeah it's not about you yeah it's never been about you yeah. and yeah. i think that's why there's a difference right that's why there's still when i when i was 18 and where i'm at wasn't just because of a uh, myriad of behavior modifications that made me a good person because again i don't i'm not good 
I don't believe that that's the case. Now, I know that God is good, and since Jesus is living within me via the gift of the Holy Spirit, that yeah. I can do good things, right? right. And that's where I, that's where I think the, the stark contrast is. Okay. I don't think it's a, a, a process of maturity um, because each day I'm reminded I have to seek his forgiveness. So, so you you spiritualize a lot, and I and I and I think and I, and I think it's a good thing. I'm sure. not I'm not because fix your eyes on Christ, the author and perfecter of your faith. I'm not right. saying that that's that, that's a you know I'm not hammering you for that. <laughs> right. Uh, but but you know our non Christian friends are listening to this and have no idea what you're talking sure. about right now. You know what I mean? And, and this is you know this is uh, evangelism 101. You know is speaking in a way that non Christians. Can understand, and, and, and I'm not suggesting that non-Christians are are somehow <laughs> dumb, but we have our own Christian language. Sure, yeah. we have our own vernacular, right? Uh, and, and 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 so sometimes we need to explain some things. So I want you to imagine, like I asked Chanel to imagine, okay. that you're sitting across. This might be easier from someone who doesn't know what they're talking about. Because <laughs> 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 oh, some people might be saying, "Amen, Larry." Yeah, uh, but uh, let's say you're sitting across of a person who who doesn't know the Lord, you know, and and you know, they're looking at you and they're saying, I see a good man. I see a good father. I see a good, hus- a good husband, right? Mm-hmm. You say you're not a good person, but I, I think you're self-deprecating, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, how, do you, how do you answer that? Because what they see is good, mm-hmm. right? And, and you're trying to say, no, that, that good comes from God. How, how do you sure. explain that to them? Well, first, I hope I'd have a, a good relationship with them. Yeah. Right? yeah, we would assume that. And if this would. is someone I have a, an, an established relationship with, yeah, who they have established trust with me, mm-hmm. um, then that's I think that's the hinge point of when I can. Sh- that's when I I know I can share the glory of Christ and express that love that He has for me and I have for Him. Yeah. Um, in a way that is received because they trust me. Yeah. Um, and so I would respond to it by first letting them, I would ask them this. And again, my bend is, again, we, I think we have to understand why we ask that question. Why do you say I'm good? Yeah. Um, and that would be my question to that person. What, 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 is, what is it that has allowed you to build a foundation where you think something is good, something is bad. Mm-hmm. There's obviously going to be two ends of the pole. And I think by if we can allow people to tear, take down some of the veil of um, this culture of let everything be what you want it to be as long as it makes you happy and doesn't affect other people, we can start to understand why we have some of the philosophies we do. Right? If, if I ask them, what's the difference between good and bad, and they give me an answer... I would ask them then, well, who defines that? Right? Mm. And I think we have to go back to that. It all, yeah, it's yeah. all going to go back to our worldview. Yeah. If, if you can tell me why you can separate a good from bad, yeah. outside of God, I'll, my, I will, I, my jaw will hit the floor because yeah. I can't find it anywhere. But it's perspective. It is perspective, and, and, and you know, and, and the, the the non-Christians have been looking. I, I got a good life. I, mm-hmm. I I'm a moral person. I, you know, I, I pay my taxes. I follow the laws. You know, uh, I help out the guy on the side of the road, you know, uh, you know, I've given money to charity, mm-hmm. you know, everything the church that the church would do, I am doing as well. You know, I don't need Jesus because I'm moral, mm-hmm. right? I'm just as good as you, mm-hmm. right? How do you respond? How do you respond to that? I mean, in the end, what do you expect? I mean, what do you expect to happen when you die? Yeah. That would be a big one for you just me. You go right after it, don't you? Well, I mean, it's on everyone's mind. I mean, yeah, everyone sure. thinks about death, and especially right. in our careers, we see that all the time. Sure. Right. Um, I mean, that is a, I mean, I cannot imagine going to anything, you know, right. anything other than heaven and yeah. spending eternity with him right. and worshiping him. And um, so I guess that would be my biggest question is what, what do you expect after death? See, I think this hits it because this is this is uh, more about not it's not about uh, uh, how good are you. Uh, it's about who you belong to. Yeah. We don't come to Christ to be good. Mm-hmm. We come to Christ to be saved. To be saved. Exactly. And, and when we are saved, there's benefits to it. You can't explain. I don't think you can actually explain the difference of good or 
um, you know, or, or the benefit uh, outside of salvation of Christ. You know, I think we can say those, we can say these things. We have biblical answers, but it's sure. it's better understood through experience than it is through teaching. Right. right. I think what it comes down to mainly yeah. is, do you believe in Jesus? Do you love Jesus? And do you want a relationship with yeah. Jesus? And, and 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 that's what we should. Uh, you know, be te- teaching and talking about yeah. to the non-Christian. And, and it goes back to what Jesus told his apostles, right? Yeah. They'll know me by the way you love one another. Right. Yeah. It's all about love. And, and, and that's yeah. where I think that's where I was kind of get at. If I'm sitting across someone who I have a relationship with, yeah. whom I deeply care about, yeah. I think that this, this that question isn't going to be, why can I be good and you be good, but yet you say you serve God mm-hmm. and you're going to be received uh, into um, eternity with him, and I'm not. Yeah. Um, because again, I've, I would hope that that established relationship would allow that person to know that m- the reason I am different, and I hope that would be a start mm-hmm. start difference yeah. between why I'm different, is only because of the grace of God. Right. It has nothing to do with what I, the decisions I make in the right. sense of um, m- morality. Um, that trust kind of builds where they can start and, asking yeah, questions. And, I, and those questions, those difficult questions that we may not always have the answers for, but we can say, hey, wait a minute. I'm yeah, going to come yeah. right back to you. And yeah, but that happens out. outside of just trusted relationships. It, sure. it, it, these kind of questions, I, I've had these questions asked mm-hmm. by people that I know on a surface level. Yeah. You know, be, because they, they, I mean, trust can be established pretty quickly. You know, uh, uh, rapport, you know, is another word for that, right? Uh, look, we, we, we can actually, we can, I would love to talk about this and I'm probably going to have you guys on a future podcast. Uh, but, uh, you know, if, if Lord willing, there is a future podcast. Uh, but, uh, he, he, I love you too. I am so grateful to be your friend. Uh, and I'm so grateful that you consider me a friend, uh, oh, and, and my family. Uh, and, uh, and you know, what I have, what I have learned from you two today, uh, is that, you know, the love of God is what matters the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and if we can just focus on God's love, because God is love. Fix your eyes on Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith, Hebrews uh, chapter 12. Uh, if we could just do that, then everything's going to fall into place. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just focusing on the God of love. Right? And it may yeah. fall out of place, but yeah. that's okay. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. we've been told we can have we can have peace amidst suffering yes. and pain. Yes. And yes. I think that's what is crazy about it, right? right. It's like, why can I be suffering and yet I'm content? Yeah. So, uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. Well, thank you for having us. Uh, yeah. We uh, sorry interwebs for my <laughs> boisterousness. Is that a word? That's a word. It, 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 well, interwebs is a word. Boisterous. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. That's true. Uh, we, we we wanted to thank you all for listening to the podcast. Uh, this is, as always, a ministry of Cornerstone Christian Church. Uh, we are recording this on Good Friday. However, this will be posted weeks uh, later uh, from that. And so we do invite you to come to our Sunday services at 9 and 10.30. You want inf- more information, go on the interwebs, uh, yes. cornerstonerock.org. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, uh, at CCC Brownsburg, uh, or you can email me. Any questions you might have, Larry at cornerstonerock.org. I hope you guys have a, a great week, and we will see you next time on the Coffee and Conversation podcast.